Hi, this is Philip of Next at Bat, and I'm here with a disclaimer that we recorded this episode with Offbook in March of 2018, and we're releasing it in April of 2019. So some of the things we talk about may not be current. This is actually true of um, most of these upcoming episodes, these next dozen or so episodes. But I wanted to mention it specifically here because we actually talk about couple of news stories, which are clearly no longer current. Of course, this is only relevant if you're listening shortly after we're releasing it in 2019. If you're listening it in the future, in, to the archives, you won't know the difference that a year makes. And ultimately, everything we do is futile and pointless anyway. Anyway, enjoy the show. Actually, I always wanted to have a day where I talked conversationally just in upworthy headlines. So like (laughs) what this homophobic toddler does at five minutes in the video will blow your mind. I just want to talk like that to people in like one-on-one conversations, see how long it took to get punched. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever happened to upworthy? It went down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did see something... Um, on Facebook, uh, something about Katy Perry recently kissed a young man who did not ask to be kissed. And apparently it turns out he was waiting for his first kiss to be special. And she took it from him. Oh, no. Which is like kind of unfortunate. But then, which I agree is like, oh, fuck, that really sucks. But the headline was, this isn't funny, but it was Katy Perry like sexually assaults uh, American Idol contestant. I mean, Ooh, that's that's uh, a that's, that's a, those are those are bold words. Um, I mean, maybe I don't know. God, if Facebook would only get its head out of its ass, it could maybe turn into a successful company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now they're uh, they're gonna get in big trouble now because of that. What, what was it? Um, the Cambridge Analytica dating mining thing. What? Yeah, what? Facebook just got mad at there's a data company that apparently had a data breach or of some kind or maybe it was that they sold people's information <coughs> something about that i don't know i only read headlines so <laughs> 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 so if you want to look into that hi i'm philip hi i'm Matt. first we'll have a little chat then put on our now it's time for next step uh and we're here today with the <laughs> projectors of <laughs> uh, exactly of off book uh, a show over at a uh, huge theater in Uptown Minneapolis. Uh, so today we have Sean Dillon, Maggie Sotos, and Alexis Camille. That's right. And unfortunately, who couldn't be with us? Today? Molly Chase, our yeah. other director, could not be with us today. Yeah, uh, but we love Molly and uh, we hope the best for her. Wherever <laughs> she is. I hope she pulls through. Yes. Jesus Uh, there's so much that could happen between recording and releasing this oh god that's true careful that's true yeah as Uh, of this recording molly is fine and we're making jokes about it and yes so (laughs) as always i'm joined today by philip simondet who unfortunately is able to join us today (laughs) and your host as always is matt mcleod and uh philip it's okay that you can join us you join us every day okay all right (laughs) Um, and we're still going after five years. Gosh, really? I yeah. think so. Yeah. That's a run. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks. We've taken some breaks. Well, <laughs> well, sure. Not sure, sure. Uh, entirely intentionally, <laughs> but... Uh, you know what? So did Frasier. 
God. <laughs> wow. John Mahoney only died Quit. a little while ago. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> <Jeez, laughs> moment of silence. Come on, man. R.I.P. Yeah. the dad from Frasier. Dark yeah. note. Yeah. Jesus. All right. Well, <laughs> what about that, that dog? Another headline that you saw. <laughs> <laughs> you actually don't oh. know any details. Eddie now the he dog. Died. He died a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That Jack Russell. That must have been, been what it was. Because I thought John Mahoney had died a long time ago, but, but maybe it was, it was the dog. What's it? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, this is a thing, though. It's, it's you know, it's the Mandela effect where you think somebody sure. has been long dead and they're right. not actually. Um, but I really, for real, thought that John Mahoney had died like a decade ago. Yeah. Actually, I did, too. Yeah. I swear Weird, I right? saw something about Betty White having died like six years ago. And I was like all sad, like, oh, wow. That like I like who doesn't love Betty White. Right. And I mentioned that to someone like a year ago and they're like, What are you talking about? <laughs> she just like had a very public birthday and I was like, No, but she's she's dead. I'm sad. She, she is more alive than you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she's just oh, had a God. talk show interview and I'm like, Oh man. Well then fucking Facebook. <laughs> oh, sorry, am I allowed to say Yes, yeah, you can, you can swear all the fuck you want. Uh, <laughs> baby. So, Sean, you're one of the uh, pro, pro directors. Yeah, we don't know what to call ourselves. Sure, mm-hmm. uh, you're you're one of the Sean and Molly's. Right, right. <laughs> that this is accurate. That I will <laughs> so I will close. stand by. Okay, and uh, and then Alexis and Maggie, you two are the assistant directors this yes, year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Maybe Sean, you've been you've been part of Off Book since the, the inception in Minneapolis. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I've been with it a good long while. Uh, Molly and I uh, inherited the show, unfortunately, from our, our dear friend Samantha Pereira, right. who passed away several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were both really concerned about the show, which is so wonderful. Um, yes being continued and making sure Samantha's legacy was carried on. I was going to say, um, Samantha's baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we've been in charge of the whole thing for, I guess, about three years now. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, had performed with it a few times before that. Are you familiar with how Sam got the show started? You know, I think she even inherited it from uh, Emily Schmidt, somebody else. Yeah. Uh, the origination origination of the show is actually with the uh, Upright, Upright Citizens, Citizens Brigade yeah. in New York. Uh, they do a show called Gravid Water, which is essentially the same thing we're doing. Um, but uh, Huge got the permission to to do the show mm-hmm. uh, and bring it on into Minneapolis, and I'm so, so glad they did. Yeah. So it's one of the longest-running um, recurring shows at Huge. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's been basically since Huge's inception, uh, which is going on seven years now. Sounds right-ish. I think I, that's right. I remember I got an invitation to do the show back in 2012. So however long ago yeah. that would put it. So mm-hmm. six years yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess for anybody who doesn't know the show, uh, let's talk about what the show is all about. Uh, <laughs> mm. um, Simple yeah. concept. <laughs> but how, how do you explain uh, uh, you know, the, the Mona Lisa oh, yes. over a podcast? The, <laughs> a, the bloom on a rose. Yes, yes. Uh, so, so the premise of most improvised long-form shows is that it's two or more people, or sometimes just one person, but it's, it's a person or more people who are making up the setting and the characters, the relationship, all of those details as they go along. Right. And that all of it is fabricated and we, the actors do not, the improvisers don't know what's coming next. The audience certainly doesn't know what's coming next. Um, and that's the basic idea is that all of it is being constructed from uh, the gossamer of our imagination. <laughs> um, but what's special about Off Book is that there is a little bit of a monkey wrench in that. Each scene involves, uh, you know, like two people, but one of the people on stage has memorized in chronological order 
uh, half of a two-person scene. And the scene can be either from a play or you know, from a movie, but the idea is that it is, in, in, within the context of that scene, it is also two people and they are in a dialogue, so it's just skipping over act, you know, line, line A and then line B and then line C. We're skipping over line B and just doing line A to line C. So it, it is giving the improviser opportunities to pause and to try and rationalize or construct and make sense of what just happened from mm-hmm. the actor's point of view. But the improviser, similar to most improvised shows, does not have any idea what's coming next. Again, the audience doesn't have any idea what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And although the actor knows the line that will be spoken next from their part, they have no idea how the improviser is going to deal with all the curveballs that are thrown. Sometimes it's funny as an actor, uh, when you're doing the lines, when the improviser, you can see them start digging themselves into a hole of, of rationalization or explanation or setting up a scene in a way that you're like, oh, I'm going to fuck you up so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there is a line that will completely negate a truth that you have just communicated. Yes. But yeah, so that's yeah. the basic premise is that uh, there is still a very high qu- uh, quantity of improvised comedy happening, but the you know the there is a little bit no more of a structure from at least one half of the parties involved. Right. Yeah. It's really it's kind of that actor's nightmare scenario. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. You know where you you suddenly realize that you were cast in a play, but you never memorized it, and so you just have to go on stage and <laughs> mm-hmm. hope the audience doesn't notice. Uh, except improvisers do this to themselves willingly. Right. Mm-hmm. That's our choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Alexis, what what brought you into the fold? What attracted you to this particular style? Uh, um, <laughs> 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 but, uh, these uh, wonderful folks uh, brought me on board. I'm like the new kid mm-hmm. on the block and uh, as, as assistant director and just kind of learning the ins and outs of what this form is. I had actually never been exposed to it before. And okay wasn't really familiar and it's like one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. It is. It's such like a beautiful thing to see someone up there. They've these lines that they've memorized and there's a lot of like body language and eye contact to communicate with the improviser. Like mm-hmm. I'm tossing something out at you and the improviser's trying to like connect with these lines going on in the scene and watching those things line up mm-hmm. uh, and connect at a point is such a beautiful thing. Um, and makes for hilarious, hilarious scene work. It's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, magic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like super like stoked to be part of it and hopefully jump in on a show mm-hmm. or two uh, before the run's done. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Joe Bill uh, has talked about how uh, the contract with the audience in long-form improv is that contract is that we're going to build a world, mm. and then uh, if we do it well, we're going to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this show, what it does intrinsically, because one of the character or one of the actors already has a reality coming built in Mm -hmm. uh, that you're already halfway there to the making it interesting part. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, So uh, do you want to talk a little bit about why reality building, like how this structure is unique to reality building? Uh, And also the reality tends to shift a little bit during scene work. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's. I think part of the fun of the show is the audience gets so invested in the improvised performer especially and how they're trying to navigate this mm. and whether the world building goes really well and things dovetail really beautifully, right. um, which is a beautiful thing to watch. It is, like Alexis said, it's like magic. Right. Uh, but it's equally fun when the world building fails catastrophically. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, watching those worlds bump up against each other uh, and watching a person have this experience of, oh, 
shit, that is completely not <laughs> true, um, is, is a joy. And I, I, I think it's that human investment that sort of lets us get away yeah. with the fact that this show uh, is sort of an awful way to build a mutually agreeable world. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of cool to see improvisers come out and they really have to make these strong, strong yeah. declarations yes. and like commit to maybe they're starting this world, you know, and then the way they respond to this actor that has these lines and then accepting mm-hmm. the world that they are there in and like watching this thing kind of like, uh, what's the word? Convergence, right? I think yeah. it's a word yeah. not to be corny about it, but yeah, and like this yeah. like beautiful uh, convergence is kind of like uh, uh, amazing. I keep saying, I like, I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. It's wonderful. This is brilliant. <laughs> you gotta see it. Good. But, uh, <laughs> like I said, as a new kid on the block, it's just, I'm still like in this mode of like, yeah, like uh, just taking it in and, and being amazed at how uh, they still, even though you have one actor that, has he set a line set of lines and the improviser improvising on top of it? There's building this scene together even still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and to build off of what you said, you you say, oh well, I still have this sense of you know wonder about it because you're you're new. That's the beauty of it is that I also have that sense of wonder about it, and I'm not new. I've yeah. done this for several years, um, and it it because it is new actors every time, new scripts, and you have a lot of fresh faces and new energy combinations with different actors that are on the stage together. Um, you know, I, I remember one time when, uh, the, in one of the first seasons that I did, I remember there was this beautiful moment where, uh, like, an, I don't even remember what the scene was specifically, but it was two women and one of them was trying to, the improviser was trying to make the scene be about uh, how it was these two sisters and one of them was like trying to, get you know avoid a you know a a a, an arranged marriage and the other one just kind of kept the lines we're reading were something about you remember this was hannah widevin and she was and she was like this southern debutante and she was saying like yeah she's like there there you know you 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 can't try and hold me back sister you can't make me be what i don't want to be but then the lines just kept saying like you know but I'm telling you that I must get married. You need to awesome. get married. And she was just like, I won't, I won't. And it was just this, this wonderful con like conflict that it built there. But then like, uh, this past week, you know, that was years ago. And then this past week, there was still just a wonderful moment where I was in a scene where there was a character who literally the line before had said something like, I feel like our friendship is really falling apart. You know, he was improvising and saying, yeah, I feel like this has had a really negative effect on our friendship the last few years. And my next line was, listen, this is going to sound really bad, but I've completely forgotten your name. Oh, so it was, it was it was that convergence moment that you're talking about of just like oh yes when that lines up it's it's really helpful yeah. yeah what's really spooky about the form and this is nothing to take away from the improvisers who do amazing work up there but the way that we have actors rehearse their lines before the show <laughs> is we'll actually have uh, two people each doing their own lines from two different scenes to each other as mm-hmm. a dialogue mm-hmm. and even when everything is written out in advance it is bizarre how often <laughs> how things frequently. line up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and you wind up with this whole third story that is neither of those original scripts. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know how that happens. but it's, <laughs> do, you, it's, do you think that's like playwrights... I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, do you mm-hmm. But do you think that that's like playwrights' uh, like understanding of like rhythm of scene and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And like uh, how scenes like the beats of scenes like naturally build upon each other and maybe that's even like uh, built into ourselves and... Uh, like our basic understanding of storytelling and tropes mm. and stuff. Maybe so. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way. I think that I think that there's merit to that because there's when we pick out the scripts and then you know sometimes these scenes that we find 
are, you know, from these Russian plays where sure. it's like, oh, this scene is 20 minutes long. Like, <laughs> no way in hell can we do that. So we, we do have to sometimes edit and condense down scenes. Right. So, you know, we if, if a scene already wasn't following some of those natural beats and pauses like you're talking about, we are probably inadvertently doing that in some way when we condense a 20-minute Russian scene down <laughs> to a to a palatable uh, two-and-a-half-page script mm. that people can memorize and perform a half of. So, yeah. I remember when I was doing the the script, I'm sorry, the improvised half, uh, and um, Alexis, you alluded to this earlier, the thing I learned very quickly through trial and error was to come out and make big, bold declarations right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you want to talk about why this show, it's, it's almost the only thing that an improviser has to do. Uh, in this show if you come out weak it seems to not go real well generally for an improviser if you're trying to like feel out what's happening from the scripted side why do you think that is um i would say i mean uh it sort of goes back to the world building thing i think a little bit uh if you're not making those big declarations and you're just trying to go with the flow what we end up with is essentially just a crappy version of the original scene Um, it's, you know, it's the scripted scene with half of the interesting stuff stripped away. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas, uh, if you're making those bold choices, you are, you're triangulating and it becomes something that's bigger than the, the sum of its parts. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like you're both being active participants as opposed to. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So Sean and Maggie, you've both been actors in this on both sides. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yep. Okay. Both do, sides. Do you have a... Per- <laughs> Jeez. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a turd of a person. Well. <laughs> uh, do, you, uh, do you have a preference for one side or the other? And if so, why? If not, why not? What's your feeling on that, Maggie? I, okay. I, I think that there is... I've been the scripted actor more because just that's where the need was, just the times that I was a participant. But... I think that there is a feeling of, A, it brings me back to my high school theater days of like, <laughs> oh my God, I have to memorize this script. I have to memorize my lines. Like, so it gives you a sense of, you know, Uncle Rico, like reliving his football glory days. <laughs> a bit, but, um, but yeah, you know, like you, you like memorize it, like, and you'll put it in your headphones and then when you're out walking, you're just like, okay, I have yeah. to say my lines. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. But there's also, um, I think a, a really fun sense of sadism that you can get as this scripted actor when you go out on the stage sure. and you notice that you know for example if your fellow actor uh, if the improviser during a scene says something early on about you know like oh they give me a name and mm-hmm. then you say later ooh well I have a different name and it will come up later yeah. and you're gonna get your ass whooped for that but I won't tell you yet it's just like in some ways it feels like you're you're you have this sadistic little streak of just like, I want to root for you and I'm going to help you every way I can, <laughs> but I am chained to these lines uh, yeah. and I can change the inflection that I say them with, mm. but sometimes I'm just going to have to drop a bomb on you and it's going to fuck you and I'm sorry, but it will be funny <laughs> and I'll support you and I'll hold your hand through it. So yeah. well, it's really awesome because watching that from like the audience perspective, sometimes yeah. you can see it coming mm-hmm. and you're looking at the actor who's like, <laughs> you fucked up like you know this is about to get really really weird and you're like oh god what is it and then you see the, like the eye contact between the improviser and the actor and the improviser sees 
the actor like giving them that look like, uh-huh, keep going. I'm going to give you a little more time to circle this back around. Yeah. And so it's really cool and wild to see that communication happen. And the improviser's like, okay, hold on. I'm, I'm bringing this back <laughs> around. And there's a little eye contact. Yeah. And then like the actor's like, and bam, okay, I'm going to stop you right there. And I'm going to say my line. Yep. And, and you know, there, there's like this moment. It's like, a, what do you call it? A double dutch. And, you know, there's oh. this moment to like uh. get in there. And, it, and it's, hmm. uh, again, from the audience perspective, yeah. is uh, really wild and... Uh, Really wild and amazing and brilliant, <laughs> lovely, <laughs> lovely to experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- there is a meta communication in this show. Uh, sure, and I mean there is in just about all kinds of improvisation, but in this show in particular, especially because like the I don't know if most listeners know this, but or, or even audience members, but the actor and the improviser don't know that they're working together before Mm-mm. they show up yeah. for the right. night. They don't know who their partner is. Often have never met before in their lives. Yeah. That's yeah. true. The first time I met Mookie Harrington was on Off Book. No way. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, and showed up and uh, and he just totally boned me that night. But whatever. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's one of the only uh, improv shows also for, I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who have seen and, and been through an improv show either at, on the stage or from the audience where you watch it and you're like, this is not coming together and it's, it's very painful to watch. This is one of the only improv shows where that can often be more entertaining than when it does go well. Yeah. Because when you talk about like, oh, he totally boned me. Like, no, yeah, no, like, no, like sometimes though, that's fucking funny though. Yeah. When that, when it fails sometimes, it's like, uh, a na- it's what, what did Samantha always say? It was like the NASCAR, you know, people want to come and see the race, but they also want to come and see the wrecks. That's or, true. Yeah. That's true. There's a tension there, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the, uh, let's talk about the audience for a minute because they do, improv shows, unlike other comedy shows, the audience tends to root for the, totally. the, mm-hmm. the performers. Yeah. Uh, and at this show, more than most, I think that they see the high wire act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really see the high wire act. Uh, and so it seems like, you know, having been in the audience, like people are, metaphorically and sometimes literally on the edge of their seat like come on come on come on you can do this uh, you can yeah, land it exactly, yeah, exactly yeah. Uh, and the they <laughs> want people to succeed or to fail beautifully beautifully mm-hmm. uh, do you want to talk a little bit about like how that helps lend to the success of you know the shows I think it's really heartening when you are performing because yeah there is just this intense feeling of the audience having your back they want it to work or they want it to exactly not work (laughs) Um, and often though I think even when it fails the audience what the audience really loves is is watching the recovery Mm. yeah yeah. how does the improviser turn this around what's the thing that that makes this work without collapsing the reality that's that's getting built here Mm -hmm. Um, you know the one piece of well not the one a piece of advice we, we give to our improvisers before the show is do not make your actor partner senile crazy mm. high or stupid mm-hmm. uh, assume yeah. they know what they're talking about yeah. because as soon as you get out of the problem by saying like grandma you forgot your pills go back to bed yeah. um it's just it's such a week out and it's yeah. so much more satisfying to watch them struggling to find mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. way to make sense of what's happening mm-hmm. and when they do ah oh, it feels so good. Yeah. Uh, I know that nobody wants to hear like old war stories of like us seeing a great show <laughs> Tell but, us, Grandpa. But tell us. Seriously, <laughs> one, one of the most mind-blowing moments I've ever seen was uh, Butch Roy doing the improvised side of the of that, and him making an unbelievably specific call from the jump, mm. and then being right by the really? en- by the end of the of the show, and having the scripted part 
fully converge where it didn't seem like it was going to and then it did at the like towards the very end and the audience went there were so many brain detonations in the audience Uh, people were just screaming uh it was it was absolutely incredible do you remember what he what was what was the i don't i would love to no i totally get it trying to describe improv scenes that have already happened is like trying to recollect a dream yeah and it it really is more about the feeling yeah, yeah, it's exactly how yeah. you were in the feeling, and it was the experience of there. all of us yeah. being there together in yeah. the world we created, and then it's ephemeral, and then it's gone. And I wish I could remember his scene partner, too. I, I mean, really, I, I very, I barely remembered that it was Butch. I was thinking it was Nate Morris, but then, no, nope, I remember the Red <laughs> Mohawk. Uh, so. It's been a while since Nate's had one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, story checks out. <laughs> <laughs> so as, when I was doing this before, Sam was producing it, but there really wasn't much in the way of direction. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, Samantha Prepare. Um, so same sure. yep. to most people. What do you do in terms of directing your your people? Um, it's it's like trying to put that last little bit of spin on the ball as you're throwing it um, okay. because you can't do a thing with it once it's out the gate. Um, sure. So it's really it's providing some of that guidance, like hey, don't make your scene partner crazy. Gotcha. Uh, hey, be loud. Mm-hmm. Hey, make those big declarations. Giving. It's more giving guidance for success. Uh, there are no rehearsals for this show. Okay. Everyone shows up on the night and we do it. Um, so it's really about setting a tone, creating the mood so that people are able to go out there and have fun because I think that's, you know, if, if the improviser looks miserable up there, the energy from the audience becomes much more, oh God, no, yeah. please be okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's just those big pieces of advice and then getting out of their way as yeah. much as we can. Yeah. Um, a lot of the directorial work goes into selecting the scripts, making sure it's mm-hmm. something that's prone to success, uh, and then you know selecting interesting pairings of, yeah. of actors casting. and improvisers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ninety so percent of directorial success is right. casting. It's true. Yeah, it feels more curatorial, which is why I never know what to call us: directors, curators, whatever. I like that ninety percent. Is, did you just pull that out of your ass? Or is uh, that I, I was a director. Oh, uh, but I mean, like that statistic. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's uh, it's not proven, but I would I, w- I would say that it's pretty. What's your much source true. on that? My source is Reuters. <laughs> um. <laughs> Reuters headline. Reuters, Reuters headline. headline. But I yeah, only yeah. read the headline. And that's <laughs> fair. That's what I would do. Sure. <laughs> but I I do think that that's pretty true. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, good actors will handle. Right. So, yeah, I, I was going to say, now that you guys have a really good crew that's running this, yeah, uh, that's right, do you have ideas for what you want to do with the show or how you want it to be? Do you want to keep it the same? Do you have ideas for where you want it to go in the future? Take it to Broadway! <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the essential format is probably pretty rock solid, and I think we're, we're hesitant to, to do anything to fundamentally change sure. what we do. Uh, because we're only going to screw it up. Um, that said, uh, yeah, I was just uh, <coughs> talking to these guys on Facebook, I think just yesterday, about sometimes we have fun doing kind of special plays kind of scenes. Oh. Uh, you know, we'll get like an opera singer in to do a scene. We A couple of years back, we put somebody on stage with an entire Bollywood dance crew. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of fun to pull those stunts sometimes and, and surprise even the act or the uh, improviser. Yeah. Uh, because they have no idea what's coming. Sure. Um, so we're always on the lookout for those fun ideas of, you know, what would happen if we put somebody on stage with a mime with a pre, you know, predetermined <laughs> routine. Like you just, uh, we haven't tried that one. Sure. But, Jesus. Um, so aside from finding some of those, I, I don't, 
I don't know that we're looking to change. It's just been sure. absolutely marvelous to have these two to spread the work around. Got because it. in an eight-week run, we burn through 40 scenes, 40 actors, 40 improvisers. Uh, and it's just a lot of coordinating. Yeah. Mm. And it's amazing how, because there's a lot of, the, in terms of the logistics of finding a script, it's very specific. You need to find a script that only has two characters in it. Right. You need to find a script that, you know, is not going to have, I mean, we, we I think, in the Minneapolis community are very progressive in that we try and make sure that we are inclusive in terms of, you know, race, gender, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. uh, gender identity. But, you know, it's really hard to make sure that a lot of these very hard-hitting dramas are not going to, you know, get too dark or that they won't, like, sure. you know, drop, you know, some bombs in there that you're like, oh, I don't think that, like, that's quite an appropriate piece to put in front of our audience right, right now. Mm. Like, you know, so it's it's very challenging, actually, to find a robust enough body of two-person plays. And then to, on top of that, to also have it be, um, you know, try and balance of like new work, old work, yeah. work by women, you sure. know, work by, mm. you know, non-white cisgendered straight men. It's hard. Mm. There's, there's, you, you gotta, you gotta actually dig to find uh, think scenes that are long enough and scenes that are interesting enough. Yeah. You know? Do you also find that you want to stay away from things that are instantly recognizable? Yes, more than anything, it's making sure it's not instantly recognizable to the improviser. Mm-hmm. Uh, because gotcha. if they suddenly realize, you know, oh, this is Star Wars, well, yeah. then it's going to be that much harder for them to make those out there choices and yeah. get in trouble. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's, I, I, you know, if we could do Star Wars and put someone who was totally clueless about Star Wars sure. into it, sure. that'd be great. Um, uh, it's sometimes fun, though, to put a, a performer in a situation where they realize what they're doing halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. We put a couple, we, you know, tried to put an improviser in a scene last year uh, from Star Trek, a fairly famous like Star Trek with the four lights, five lights, Captain Picard scene, okay. knowing that the dialogue wouldn't be recognizable to even this Trek head improviser until he got about two thirds of the way through uh-huh. and realized what he was doing. Um, so that can be fun. That's awesome. Have you, have you done things like a Shakespeare night or anything like that? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> um, never a whole night of Shakespeare. I think that would wear out its welcome. Okay. Um, uh, fuck you, Bill. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it, because the language is so so delightfully dense. Uh, it's just a lot. Uh-huh. We we have had Shakespeare scenes, and okay. that can be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, especially if you get an improviser up there who who knows what to do with some of that Shakespearean language. Uh-huh. And there are improvised it, yeah. Shakespeare shows. Yes, <laughs> there are. Our last show was one. Oh, hey. oh. you did have Juliet. And Juliet, and we Juliet. did. Nice. Oh, well, there you go. So awesome. I think we've had both of That's those brilliant. two do Shakespeare scenes yeah. at one time or another. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, we've had like a movie night, that sort of thing, and that's always fun. Speaking of someone who isn't awesome, let me throw the microphone over to Philip Simodet for a brand new segment that we call Philip's Corner. It's Philip's Corner. Okay, I got bored. I could have gone way longer, though. That's your truth. <laughs> I, I, I bored myself. No, I, I could have really gone farther. Uh, welcome to Philip's Corner. Uh, this is when I start to participate in the show. Uh, you may have noticed I was just sitting here watching you the whole time, uh, awkwardly. Uh, like now, mm-hmm. uh, now I'm going to sit here, uh, look at you, and ask you awkward questions. I'm going to do this one at a time. I'll start here with Sean. Okay. And I will look into Sean's eyes and I will ask him a question that his soul inspires in me. Sean. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is making me so nervous. We're nervous. (laughs) 
I'm thinking about what's that Macaulay Culkin movie where he's the bad son. The bad the son. The good son. The good son. The good God, son. I feel like it's the good son. The good son. Because the original was the bad seed. Okay. From yeah. the fifties. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The good, no, the good okay. son. I think. The good right. son. Okay. Our bad. That's okay. Right. We corrected. It was close. <laughs> Were you a bad kid? And what? And prove it. Shit. <laughs> oh no! I was the opposite of a bad kid. My 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 mother was like the dean of students for my high school. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, there was really no opportunity for getting into any trouble whatsoever because she would hear about it immediately. <laughs> I was also a total goody two-shoes, so it wasn't like, oh, man, I can't go smoke in the parking lot. My mom is in the office. It just would not have occurred to me to, to smoke in the but parking lot. that could have been lot. your cover in case kids had pressured you to do drugs. You could be like, you guys, my mom's dean. She's going she's gonna to yeah. nail my ass. No oh, way. yeah. No, I was way covered for that. So if it yeah. was like, hey, come on, come on, come to the, the bad kids party. We're going to be drinking. I had to be like, no, my mom's a dean of students. I, I would love to. But you okay. were scared, oh. I'm just picturing that yeah, at that so party, there was a big banner at the front that said bad kids party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's entirely possible. But yeah, it got me out of doing a lot of things that would have otherwise made me really nervous anyway. Well, that's cool. What do you think the worst thing you did was? Jesus. Wow. Uh, oh, man. I uh, Murder. <laughs> I mean, th- th- yeah, this is hard. Like, yeah, I don't want to admit to murder. Not, <laughs> this you is don't being want recorded. to admit to murder. Uh, this this is, is legally admissible in court yeah. as evidence. Next of that's actually sponsored by the local police department. It's all entrapment. <laughs> this whole thing is a sting operation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're I, narcs. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure probably what it was was saying that I was going to go one place to do one thing and going to someplace else and doing something else, even if that thing was relatively I- innocent. Uh, yeah. But just being like, oh, yeah, no, they've scheduled next rehearsal for the school musical mm. uh, when, in fact, it was going down by the river with some friends doing mildly risky things. Skipping like rocks out. along exactly. the river. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah. You know, let's uh, go litter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was big into but, littering. But Drink then we'll pick it up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll go back later and pick it let's up. Let's go practice right. littering for when we're old enough to litter. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Awesome. Hmm. Maggie. Yes. <laughs> Do you ever think about uh, renting those highways? Yeah. <laughs> or a, is it adopting? Adopting, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're a baller, man. <laughs> I guess the I guess the term is adopted highway. You can adopt a highway and clean up the I, litter if you I want. I nearly ruined your microphone with a spit take. I want you to know that. Well, yeah, because it would be the opposite. If I was renting a highway, I wouldn't do shit for it. I wouldn't like, oh, there's a light bulb out. Fuck, I'm calling the landlord. I'm not picking that up. Like, um, okay, so if I would, the question is, would I adopt a highway? Yeah. If given the option, you know, I think that it might be just given my personal modes of transportation and what I prefer. I think it might be a little bit more accurate if I and more meaningful to me if I adopted a piece of like a bike boulevard or a oh. bike lane or something. Mm. That's probably an option. Yeah. I bet that's a thing. Sure it is, yeah. Fun story. You can at least um, foster a trail. There we go. Foster <laughs> a trail. So this is also a fun story about bike lanes. So um, Blaisdell is a street in Minneapolis that just got recently, a few months ago, devoted to um, a bike lane that had like also additional room as a buffer. And yeah. which, you know, for most city people is like, yeah, cool. That's fine. For uh, up uh, for a good chunk of last year, I actually lived out in Chaska, which is a suburb way the Christ out from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I moved there for a job, and uh, I went to a, a town hall meeting that a local politician was having, and it was hilarious 
how angry people in Chaska at this town hall were about a bike lane because they thought it was social engineering uh, to make traffic thicker specifically because the Democrats wanted to turn us into socialists and socialists love heavy traffic. This is, I kid you not, this is shit people said. This is real. Um, So yeah, this was actual, uh, this was like from an article that like was in like, I don't know, the federal, the the national review or the federalist paper, whatever fucking shit they read. (laughs) Um, Luckily the, the, the guy who was running the town hall was a master nice guy who was able to be like, you know, um, I saw that article too, and I th- I think it has a little bit of a bias. Pivot to next question. So masterfully handled, because I would have been like, you guys are very interestingly obsessed with this, and it bothers me. Hmm. But that's a very long story. Feel free to cut it if, time, <laughs> if you need to. But yes, uh, bike highway, yeah, I'd adopt that shit. Uh, yeah. Philip, we could uh, just splice in uh, Will Roberts talking about <laughs> roller coasters. Roller coasters. <laughs> Do what you must. Which, is, I'm which not is the single longest monologue I think we've ever had on this show. Oh, you ask Will Roberts about roller coasters, he can talk for hours. Mm. It's good to know. And he very nearly did. Oh, <laughs> well, I won't. I'm just going to full stop my story there then. <laughs> Alexis, your turn. Oh, please, no pressure. Alexis. <laughs> so much loathing in your voice. <laughs> You don't even know her, man. Easy. Yeah. Well, you're familiar with me. Yeah. <laughs> so at least stay authentic. Have you ever done acupressure and or acupuncture? Yeah, I've done, uh, yeah, acupuncture. The first time I tried it, I was doing this, uh, <coughs> this, <laughs> so I was with this group called Agile Rascal Bicycle Touring Theater, and we, like, huh. biked a play across the country for, like, Three what? months. We did like 4,600 miles and wow. tried not to kill each other. Seriously. And by the time we got to Silver City, New Mexico, no, we were in this. I got acupuncture in, um, not Silver City. What's next to Silver City? Albuquerque? Friggin' Albuquerque. Duh. Of all places <laughs> to forget, right? <laughs> <laughs> On the spot. But uh, yeah, so in Albuquerque, because body was just like all beat up and just like we were emotionally tortured, just all the things. I tried acupuncture, which... And it's like acupuncture is not really doesn't really do much for you unless you do like a series oh, like of one, like treatments. You know yeah. what I mean? One off is not helpful. Yeah. Okay. So I was just like laying there. My friend's like, yeah, like this is going to be so great for you and like your body and all the things. And like, like, how do you feel? And I was like, I. The same. I, I feel the fucking same right now. <laughs> I wanted to like try and like do some placebo thing with myself, but I'm fairly certain this was like not not working. And but. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I've tried acupuncture, and I try. I've tried uh, this thing called network chiropractics, where they like base. I think it's like some form of like acupressure, acupressure, and like they touch different points in your body. And she actually had like four different people in like her studio, and they're like in different spaces. She comes over and she like pokes you a couple of times, and then walks away, and then go pokes other people and come back and poke you again. <laughs> and I only did it because like there's all this banner outside of our office that was like free series of like treatment for like veterans. And I was like, what? what's the catch here? And I go in there and it was like legit. And I was like, fuck it. And so I go in there and she does a little treatment and I read up on some research. I did some research and looked at testimonials, people having this treatment before. And they were like, yeah, proof sleep. And it does this and da, 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 da. I shit you not. This woman does this thing, and I'm like, I don't know what you did. I feel like, all right, I guess, I don't know. I went home 
and I went to bed kind of early. I like went to bed at like, I just was feeling like really tired and I laid down and I had another appointment scheduled for like the next day and I slept through that motherfucker. Like I slept for like 15 hours and at the time it was amazing. It was brilliant. And that at the time I was like having like serious uh, sleep issues and all this kind of stuff. And I woke up and I was like, whatever you did, it worked, but I'm sorry I missed my appointment and it's kind of your fault. (laughs) 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 And uh, yeah, so that, that, yeah, that network chiropractic acupressure type stuff that, that did the business. So yeah, yeah. God bless, you know, like Berkeley (laughs) 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 in the Bay, man. That's where folks Mm. are all about that. And 15 so. hours sleeping 15 binges. hours sleeping. Good Jesus. Lord. Yeah, amazing. good to go. Oh. Yeah. That, oh. I feel so yeah. decadent. Dude, yeah. it was amazing. You can tell we're all <laughs> very adults because we were all like, yeah. Yeah. oh my yeah. God, like, 15 oh, hours oh, of yeah. sleep. That sounds yeah. so nice. Everybody just kind of went to a Christmas place. Everyone was early. like, oh, yeah. I can't remember the last time I got even close to that. Right, right. <laughs> right. Jesus, that sounds so nice. Maybe I'd stop aching so much. Uh, yes. Right, right. Oh. right. Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, fuck. Well, that was cool. <laughs> All right. That was cool. That was Philip's Corner. Yay. Yay. End of podcast. Let's all go now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, you guys ready to do some yeah, uh, off yeah. book? Absolutely. Next up, all right. So I'm going to be reading. I'll be the I'll be the reading actor. I will I will read the lines, um, as we would in an off book show. Great. Awesome. Okay. It's nice to have you back. Oh, it's nice to be back. I I never thought I'd come back. <laughs> yeah, I'm shocked you came too. You smell of cigarettes. Yeah, I started again. I know that <laughs> I told you I would stop, but I... The stress, really. Uh, Were you smoking? Are you trying to make your mother cry, Stephen? I'm not, I'm not trying to. I, I'm just... I'm my own man now. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, uh, now look at what you've gone and done, Stephen. Yeah. Look at what you've gone and done. <sighs> I've woken the baby that you had when I left. <laughs> so you've started smoking. I've started smoking again. I know you like to deny it that I ever did it before, but uh, I always smoked, Mother, since I was 13. I'll put the plastic on the couch. You can't smoke I, in the house. I'm not going to smoke in the house, okay? There's a baby here now. Look, I'm just... I want us to reconnect, okay? It's been very long. I'm a man now. I've grown up. I'm, I've accepted that uh, who I am, and I want you to as well. Mm. Yeah, I agree with her. It sounds like you're <laughs> overcompensating. Well, it's hard not to, okay? I feel like I've always been judged by you, and it took me a long time to be okay with myself. You should call Sam, by the way. She left a message for you. I wonder if there's maybe a job. Ooh. Look, I'm not working with Sam, okay? I know you want me to. I'm not made out for the family business, okay? It's just we're getting close to the overdraft limit, Daniel. (sighs) That can't be my problem, okay? You decided to have another baby. I'm not paying for your new kid that you had to replace me, all right, Mom and Dad? We've been tightening the belt while you've been gone. Have you? <laughs> you yes. literally had to loosen it to make that baby. 
it's nice to have a glass of wine in the evening, the children in bed, just to sit. I haven't really been able to do that. You see what happens? You leave and everything falls apart, Stephen Daniel. Look, I... I'm not responsible for raising this family. You were responsible for raising me. You did a shit job. I've been smoking. I left, and I wanted to make amends. But you know what? You start over with this new baby. <sighs> yes. Are you hungry? Yes. Yes, I would love a steak. What baby sounds like that? <laughs> <laughs> mm, I'll get some crisps. Thank you. She's been watching British television again. It's all crisps and lorries and bobbies. I don't know what she's talking about half the time. No, I haven't been shopping. There wasn't time. I guess you're not getting any crisps then. You know, nothing's changed. You know, it was a mistake to come back. I'm sorry, kid. You got a dark road ahead of you. I'm I'm sorry. Yay. <laughs> oh, that was, good. that was a good place to cut. Yeah, because yeah, then it was going to get a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> the next one. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I feel like we all learned a little bit about that family and their dynamic. And for what it's worth, I think you're right, Phil. I think that was bullshit. You can't blame a child, an estranged child, who just showed up on your doorstep for your like overdraft fees. Like that's not fair. Yeah. They haven't no. been here. That's true. Yeah. You haven't been supporting them. Though to be fair, you should quit smoking. Absolutely. Right. I'll try again. You guys set a good example for your much, much younger brother. <laughs> much, much younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That baby cried baby. the way I imagine a goblin baby would cry. <laughs> Maybe it was You're a goblin so baby. We didn't that. explore the baby's story. <laughs> David Bowie is going to like right? kidnap you <laughs> yeah. if you continue to make that kind of sound. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. See, there's a richness <laughs> of background there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deep cut. Anyways, yep. cool. All right. Who's Alexis? next? Shall we again? Do you want to pick a scene? Sure. Do I want to pick a scene? Do you want to pick a scene? Do I want to pick a scene? You should pick, pick a, a scene. scene. I'm going to pick a scene. Go pick a scene. I'm going to pick a scene. Pick a scene. Pick a scene. Pick a scene. Pick a pick a scene. 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 Sure, there we go. Go. Right. You have the opening I line. think, do I? Because, yeah. is it, does, mm-hmm. like, in the show, like, the improviser can make, the, does the opening line start with the scripted actor? Yep. It always the, does. Yep. Right? The scripted okay. actor yep. starts it, and the scripted actor has a designated line at the end of the scene that lets the lighting guy know, oh, that's the that's the magic right. line. That's yeah, that's the what we're going to last line. line. Yep, right. yep, yep, yep. Dig it, dig it, dig it. All right. First line, last line. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh... <laughs> When was the last time you saw her? I swear it was just 15 minutes ago. She was just here. I can't believe I lost the baby again. God damn you. Bill. Well, I'm sorry. She's, she's small, you know? She fits anywhere. <sighs> she's the one that's really into it? Whoa. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes she's in the cupboards. Sometimes she's under the couch. I mean, there, there's no place she won't get into. As an independent. Oh, yeah, I don't put her there. What kind of monster do you think I am? (laughs) (laughs) Why Basildon? You you think it's because I named the baby Basildon? Is that the... 
Basildon, come out here. Yeah, you're right. If I if I were named Basildon, I'd probably go into hiding too. Uh, but you're you're into it too. The marches. Okay. Yes, sometimes on our walks, I do get a little militaristic. But you know, I mean, everybody's got their thing, right? I mean, you've got macrame, I've got marching. Then why did you break up? Well. I'm, it's not like I'm just going to leave the baby somewhere. Come on. I mean, it's a little early for that, don't you think? Why? Was it time? No, I think we, we give that at least another two, three years before we leave the baby somewhere. Jesus! And you see, you see her every now and then? <laughs> I, I mean, probably. I, in fact, I imagine after we drop her off, I will see her in the face of every child. I'll wonder, was that my Basildon? Was that my Basildon? Well, then I want to see her every now and then. If she's your anti-establishment buddy, then I want her to be my, like, normal buddy. Okay. I mean, listen, you want to re- maintain a relationship with Basildon, that's on you. But I got to warn you, I don't think she's going to get any easier to find once she can crawl. Mm. But, okay, I want you to tell me all your things. I didn't know you knew about the things. I, oh gosh. Uh, okay, so I, uh... I started eating potatoes again. All of your... And what's her name? Basildon. You named her. (laughs) All of you and Julie's things. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Oliver. (laughs) Every couple has their own kind of little language. This is what I'm saying. Some people hide their babies. Some people do macrame. It's... It's just life, you know? Like a dialect. Yes. Which reminds me, we should really get Basildon started on a second language if we're going to throw her out into the world. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like Canadian French, but small scale, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) No, that'd be great. Just uh, not even like French, like Franglish, you know? I mean, just enough to get by in Quebec. Yeah, like your own set of in-jokes and pet names and little ways of phrasing things that just develop. And I know that I've recycled them before and I don't want to, and I don't want that too. Like I'll be talking in one guise and X's language or making our jokes and saying things in ways that we've come up with together and then I'll turn around and it'll be this completely different new man in front of me and he doesn't get He thinks I've got this really weird way of talking that isn't funny or endearing or sexy, but that's just weird. No, it is. And when we have the next baby, you're going to have to figure out a whole new way to talk to it. I'm sorry. That's just parenting. Oh, no. He understood. We were speaking in English. Oh, good, good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Damn, that got a little dark. That got weird. Yeah. (laughs) Got a little dark. Um... Yeah, You seem well, to have a baby fixation. I'm sorry, that was on me. <laughs> um, got a baby on the brain. I'm glad, yeah. that, I'm glad that the crying troll baby, goblin baby, came back. Yeah. Good yep. callback. Good to have callbacks in Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was trying to imply that baby fell out of the cabinet. Oh! <laughs> that's what that was. I was like, where was I going with that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, so good thing dark. we stopped there, because it was getting weird. Getting? About a che- yeah, right. Yeah. Cheese grater and... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't really want to subject Basil to the cheese grater. Yeah. <laughs> Clint would lift up the grater. 
geez, there's so much awesome that's <laughs> happening in, in these next. You know what? Why don't you pass me that green book and I'll. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take responsibility for the next thing. Yeah. Thank you. Take responsibility. Take some responsibility. Take some goddamn responsibility for yourself. Jesus. Thank you, Sean Connery. <laughs> You're the man yes, now, dog. Responsibility. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's Sean's see. finding a script. Oh, I like that title. He's okay, we'll go up. with that. Don't judge a play by its title. Sean's no. finding a script is going to be the name of your memoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, I like that. Nice. Finding a script with Sean. Hmm. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. What's up? I just got back from the basketball game. I'm so glad that you stuck around and uh, cheered me on. Yeah, oh. it was really great. She was great. Mark, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You're right. I shouldn't be. I, sh- I should. You're right. I should try to curtail my feelings. No, no, no. Let me. Okay, you curtail my feelings for me. I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You are. You are. You're great. You're great at everything. Sorry, curtailing. Honestly. Just give him a moment. I don't think you have to be so judgmental about it. Can we talk about the game? Thank you, but... <laughs> but what? I mean, there I was. It was the end of the game. It was like three seconds left. Boom, three-pointer. She was so good. She was so good. Seriously. Thanks. Bit down, yeah? Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Look, we can all celebrate this together, you know, as a family. Bonus! <laughs> That's what yeah, I'm saying. All together, yeah. With our feelings. God damn it. Got the wrong pills. Oh, yeah, I didn't take them today. I'm sorry. I guess I should have. Uh, that's all right. I, look, I'm just really glad that you guys both showed up and you've been really supportive. I really think you could give him a break. Oh, you know. Yeah, he's my older brother. He's never given me a break once in my life. This and that. Yeah, <laughs> see? <laughs> but it's all for my good. Yeah. Well, anyway, are we going to go head to Red Lobster to celebrate? I hope so. It's my favorite. <laughs> have you got any vanished moose? Uh, oh, is your hair not perfect? Here, you can have some of my moose. Here, I keep it in my satchel. Flash spray? Yeah, well, I mean, it's the best that I got. But, you know, I try to be as much like you as I possibly can be. Febreze might help. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's a Red Lobster, Sorry. guys. It's just going <laughs> to smell like seafood and and. and Fried food and things. Can we just get in the car and I love the and cheddar biscuits. Say again? I love the cheddar biscuits. The cheddar biscuits are amazing. They Sometimes me I of just you. order the biscuits. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because <laughs> they're so delicious. Anyway, let's go. I, I just need cleaning products. Oh. oh. Cleaning products. You're always with the hand sanitizer. It's because he thinks I'm so disgusting. No, oh. I want to sort it before I go. Liz might be home tonight and Emma. Oh. Th- that's fine. Well, look, we'll just bring them leftovers. You can wash your hands <laughs> when you get there. And yeah. Can you leave behind the products, please? Do you really have to bring everything with you every time? There's going to be pl- plenty of cheddar biscuits for everybody. I'll see them another time. The cheddar biscuits? It's blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a good think last night. Oh. And while I was projectile vomiting, and I oh. decided perhaps the gay scene in Hull isn't for me. It's it's the vodka, I think. What? It's not like it's a gay red lobster. <laughs> and um, look, and it, you love seafood. It's not like you're allergic. There's no reason for you to be like vomiting. That's like, you know what? That's I didn't really think you thought like that. <laughs> among other things. Yeah, among other things. He's super judgy lately. Honestly. Exactly. So you agree with us. So you're going to knock it off? I, I look deep inside of myself, and I just found wool. I, I'm not a great one for nightclubs, not a party animal. I can't imagine I ever will be. I don't even like sex that much, to be honest. Oh, my God. It's a red 
lobster. You, if you're getting all weird and kinky at the table with us there and we're trying to celebrate as a family, you're just going to make it weird. You've turned off so many parts of your life before your life has even really started, brother. Brother, have a good yogurt. Yogurt. Yogurt is like a metaphor for... What? Boring. I think the best thing I can hope for in my life is knitting. Yeah. he's. He... That's not gay. I mean... <laughs> Look. It's all right. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Brad! And that's our show. Thank you to the directors from <laughs> Off Book. Uh, thank you to Sean and Maggie and Alexis. And we thank Molly too, even though she can't thank be you, here. Molly. Thanks, Molly. Thank we you. love you. Um, <laughs> And uh, so if people want to know when Off Book is coming next uh, to the Twin Cities, how can they do that? Yeah, search for Off Book uh, on uh, Facebook. We have a nice Facebook group. We do wander around about once a year. Uh, so keep an eye out. Uh, it's so much fun. Is it, is it fair to say that you'll most likely end up at Huge Theater again? Yes, the show belongs to Huge. So okay. the odds of being anywhere else are very low. Okay, <laughs> so you can also check out uh, HugeTheater.com. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to check out uh, information about this and many other shows, uh, Huge Theater is at 3037 Lindale Avenue South in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Philip, what do you have going on these days? Uh, you can always check out what uh, the latest things I'm doing are uh, at philipsimondet.com. You'll find improv shows, music, uh, random other things. And you can uh, like check out uh, my YouTube channel. Maybe I'll have something new on there by then. Eh. <laughs> Maybe. Well, maybe the Tiger Fire selection release. For, yes, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, and Philip, how can people get a hold of us? You can send us an email. Next up at podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter at next up at pod. And if you do, I will ask you Philip's Corner questions on Twitter. <laughs> That's right, which has been really popular. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to sort of imagine the unblinking eye contact yeah. aspect of it because that does not translate over social media. But right. yeah, ooh, I should change our icon to like me staring directly <laughs> into the camera. Like yes. Uncomfortable, like uh, Dutch angle close up of yeah. you. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, please. So. And check us and other amazing podcasts out on noisepicnic.com. That's right. Uh, go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, rate and review it. Uh, the more reviews we get, the more people get to see us. So really, just go tell friends about it because there are so many fucking podcasts out there that a couple of ratings doesn't really <laughs> matter anymore. Um, but you can rate and review us anyway. It makes us feel good. So, tune in next week when Jeff Gillen's huge hangout auction winning uh, podcast episode is going to be coming out. Uh, we thank uh, both Huge and Jeff a lot for, for that, and it's going to be a super fun episode. Uh, but until then, um, check out your babies and make sure they're not in any uh, cabinets. cabinets. Yep. Yeah. Hey, children.